Now, it's also applicable to the time of year that we're in. Purim is traditionally a, a festival where people drink alcohol. You are listening to The JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. I am Rabbi Levy. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another JP podcast. Good morning, Rabbi Levy. Good morning, everyone. We uh, kind of died down, or we've come back to earth after the event, but now we're revving up for Purim. Forum is coming up, as we mentioned last week. In in a couple of weeks, actually three weeks from yesterday. Yeah. Um, but not only Purim, all the pre-Purim stuff, programs, lot, a lot happening, as always. It's all happening. So what are we discussing, what are we discussing today? today? So last week, I very by the way mentioned that, because um, we were talking about how I'm more of an introverted person and getting up in front of... Uh, 400 people singing and talking is not actually natural to me. And I said that the whiskey helped a little bit. Ooh. So I want to I pick up on that line, actually, and uh, let's discuss it. Now, now, it's also applicable to the time of year that we're in. Purim is traditionally a, a festival where people drink alcohol. Um, not so long after Purim is Pesach, where we have four cups of wine twice, right? First night Seder, second night Seder. Every Shabbos we drink wine by Kiddush, a lot of wine, alcohol, in, you know, seemingly in, in, in Judaism. So what's the story with it? Is that a bad thing? I mean, it can't be a bad thing because it's, it's a mitzvah, right? So, but is it a bad thing that I needed whiskey in order to sing in front of people? Should it, should it be that I should be able to do it without whiskey? <laughs> it's a little bit of l'chaim, you know, not so bad. Ooh, that's a, a controversial topic. Good. So let's tackle it. I feel that whatever we say, we're going to get it wrong with someone. Correct. Which is fine. That's fine. People can disagree. I think we it's... can all agree respectfully. So there's so many components. So let's, I don't know exactly where to start, but let's start with this. Um, there's no question that alcohol can be an addictive substance. And alcoholism is, as an addiction, is a terrible thing. Which then begs the question, I destroy suppose. Destroy a person's life, their relationships. Their functionality, their, yeah. their business, their career, their family, their wives, their, their marriages, and so on. Yeah. Which then obviously begs the question, how do we prevent that? And should we ban alcohol altogether kind of thing, yeah. right? Which some people have told me. Some people said that we should never have a lachai and buy a kiddush. We shouldn't use grape juice for when we make kiddush and all this kind of stuff, mm. right? So I'm not of that view, um, but, and a very, very big but, um, there are a number of, co- number of things we have to consider, right? First of all, um, we know that in Judaism, alcohol does play a certain role, like you mentioned. Quite a, pro- quite a prominent role. Yeah, quite a prominent role. So like anything what, important we do is over wine. Wine. Chuppah, and, bris. Correct, correct. And in Talmudic times, wine was wine. There was no Kedem uh, Gracious or Kalmah Gracious, <laughs> right? Uh, wine was wine. I mean, they used to dilute it, it seems. They used to make the wine very strong to begin with and then dilute it a bit, but there was wine. In fact, if you look at the meal etiquette in the Talmud, even on a regular day, hmm. there seems to be some wine drinking there. They had, you know... Beginning it at the end. The whole yeah, thing. exactly. In the tractate, the, Tal- the Talmud talks about that in, in Rochus. Uh, and it was very, you know, like, uh, everything was very formal in those days. So there was benching over wine and Kiddush over wine and Avdol over wine and 
like you mentioned, bris, chuppah, right? And, and the reason for that is in Judaism, there's a tradition that wine has a certain prominence from time immemorial. It's been a prominent beverage. And the idea is that when you praise Hashem, you praise Hashem in a, in a, over something important. And that's where any specific, prominent, important blessing we make over wine. Um, that doesn't mean that drunkenness is considered a good thing. In fact, most of the time the Talmud frowns upon drunkenness. Um, however, having said that, we do have the concept of Purim, which Purim, the Talmud does seem to suggest that we should drink a little bit more than we normally do. And part of the celebration of Purim means we become a little bit intoxicated. Um, so, you know, so there's the question, where does it all fit in, right? So I think the basic, first of all, people need to know themselves. If someone has any connection to becoming addictive or has, or person is aware they have to addictive personality or, or circumstances that might lead to addiction, and that's for another discussion, addiction is, is a whole other topic then they need to really be very, very careful, right? But how about just regular, let's put addiction on the side for a second, right? I think we have to work backwards. We have to work the other way around. In Judaism, joy is not about being wild. Joy is not about, about being out of control. Out of control in general is considered a very bad thing in Judaism. Yeah. It's one of the reasons, not the only reason, one of the reasons that losing a temper is such a bad thing is because you lose control. We are supposed to be in control. That's that's what a Jew is. That's we we the 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 religion part of Judaism teaches us that we need to be in control. We need to make decisions that we can have self control, right? And being in control means that we always have to have a focus. So happiness, and I think we've talked about happiness before, but happiness essentially means having meaning, having purpose. And even when we're very happy, even if it's a wedding, even if it's Purim, even if it's Simchat Torah, it's about being happy, celebrating a higher purpose, celebrating meaning, celebrating something deeper, right? Yeah. Now, in moderation, if that's the focus of a person, in moderation, if they, people get together and they have a little l'chaim within, within, within limits and they wish each other well and that warms them up a little bit and they connect a bit better and they talk about things that are more meaningful and purposeful. So, I mean, to give you an example, right? When I was in Yeshiva, when you were in Yeshiva, there was a concept where a mashpia, a, a mentor, would lead a fabrengen. Yeah. And fabrengen was a time where we'd open up a little bit, and particularly the person leading the fabrengen would share things and say things that they haven't said before. And sometimes that did come with a little bit of l'chaim, extra l'chaim, right? Yeah. And what, what was interesting is that when, I mean, the, my experience in Yeshiva was that when the mentors said extra l'chaim, they were a bit different than when they gave a regular share because they were more reserved normally. But what came out of their mouth was nothing empty it was on contrary it was actually deeper it was more connecting it was actually sharing their sharing their heart sharing their soul and and, and sharing things that maybe they felt a little bit inhibited to to to, to share before right so when you say was the lachaim when you said that by the binner function you need a little bit of lachaim to get up there and sing and tell the story whatever you know sometimes we're just inhibited and if, and if what you want to share is deep if you want if you if you, what you want to share is meaningful and what you want to share is purposeful, a little bit of a l'chaim before, just to make it a bit calmer. I don't think such a terrible thing as long as it's not a habit, as long as it's something you can't do without, right? Right, you should be able to socialize without exactly, drinking exactly, alcohol. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So on a Shabbos, when we relax a little bit, we say l'chaim by a kiddush at home. I actually don't think it's, it's a bad thing. I'll just say two more things before we continue the discussion. I'm sure you've got lots, lots to add. But um, f first of all, I've heard from alcoholics. Yeah. And more than one. I once asked Al Ghalik, do you think we should just ban alcohol at all by, by a kiddush or in shul? Mm. He said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
because it has a place in society. It's always had a place in society. And it doesn't, if you ban it, you're actually not teaching anyone how to do it responsibly, right? Yeah, can, 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 can I bring an example for that? And well, to, you know, people are, are very, you know, ready to ban alcohol, right? There are other very destructive things that some people like to ban, but not everyone agrees they should ban. So, for example, internet. Right. right. So, I mean, internet can be an extremely harmful thing, probably just as harmful as alcohol. Not can be, it is. I mean, it is, yeah. porn addiction, for right. example, is a very big epidemic. Yeah. And and can be extremely destructive to a person. Even even if you're not looking at, at bad things necessarily, just the addiction to one's screen, phone is a bad thing. Yeah. Screen addiction. Screen addiction, yeah. It can be extremely harmful. So let's ban internet. And there are communities that have tried to do that, and I don't actually think it works. No, I don't think so either. So respons- like, what's the difference? Right. I mean, that- Learning how to do something responsibly is much, is much, is much more effective. So getting back to alcohol, I think one of the things we do need to do, and I think schools need to do, and, and and institutions need to do, one thing that we should never do is create a culture of alcohol. Yeah. Which means a few things. Which means that if we're in a setting where people are saying a little bit not to push people to say lachaim, yeah. not to push alcohol in the advertisements of events, not to glorify alcohol, not to make an event all about the. All about the fancy whiskey that you have. Yeah. All those, all those things. That's very, that's very, um, you know, that's very destructive. And going back to the point of always leading to meaning and purpose. I mean, even Purim. If someone thinks they're going to drink alcohol and they end up being wild and they end up being empty and being silly, they should not drink alcohol. Purim, yeah. For sure not. Yeah. But if it's going to add to focused joy, if it's going to bring people to dance stronger, to talk about serving God stronger, which happens obviously often when people do it in an irresponsible way. And once again, Purim, there's nothing wrong. We have a tish on Purim. We do say a bit of extra lachaim, but we always very. And I know you, you, you are the policeman when it comes to this. <laughs> you, you're very careful. Don't you dare show a drunk at dinner. <laughs> yeah, if you, show, if you show like you know, smash the dinner. They kick. We 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 show you the door. Put it that way. That's right. We're um, very nice, respectful. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's it, definitely not the place. It happened a couple of times, and we definitely yeah. don't do this in Khatara, We do say extra lachaim, but we're very careful not to give it to people. Not to give it to underage people, of course, sure. but, yeah. but but even just if we see someone that's just abusing it, we just don't give it to them. We we, we, we look after it, but I'm not prepared to ban it because I think it has a place. Has a place. And um, I know sometimes people say they become warmer together, it brings people closer together if it's done responsibly with the right focus. So I want to bring up something that I know is a major uh, pet peeve of yours, and you're very into this. And I, I'm sure we're going to upset people, but that's okay. Um, there is this concept that some shuls have. And it's not against, obviously, no, it's not against any specific shul, and, and God forbid, you know, just, just a general thing, nothing specific. And some shuls have called Kiddush Club. Ooh. Um, <laughs> which we don't have in the shul, so I'm actually entirely sure what it is. But I think it has to do with that some, at some point in the middle of davening, before davening has actually ended, some people go to a side room and pour themselves a l'chaim and have like an early, early l'chaim. So why does that upset you so much? Why have you... Just, you haven't banned it here because it just doesn't happen here. But why, if it would happen here, you would uh, be extremely upset and, and make a big deal about it. What, what is actually so wrong with that? What's the difference between saying L'chaim at a Kiddush and saying L'chaim 20 minutes before the Kiddush? So, I, I, first of all, I haven't banned it yet, but I have made it very, very clear. That is. Not, not that it's going to happen because everyone understands the culture here, but, yeah. but I made it very clear that the day a Kiddush club's happening, if I'm not able to shut it down right away, I'm going to shut down the shul. So why, why are you so extreme about it? Because it is exactly what I what I spoke about before. It's alcohol for the sake of alcohol. Let's let's just understand. I do know what a kiddush club is. Mm-hmm. I haven't been by one, but I, I I've heard enough about it. So it's 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 at the end of the Torah reading. People go into a room, and while the haftarah is going on, right, 
and they make kiddush whether that's appropriate or not okay and and it's and they just you know have a bite and they give and they basically they drink alcohol right, right. now first of all davening is not over so it's a complete lack of self-control right davening is <laughs> over when it's over right um many shuls don't drag out the prayers and if you're in shul you're committed to davening there's no reason to go out in the middle now the kiddush is going to take place in 20 minutes from now half an hour from now max right you can't wait for the kiddush. You need to, you know, the first opportunity, go into a room and drink alcohol. For the, and overseas, by the way, it's, I, I believe it's gotten out of control. They serve the fanciest alcohol. And, you know, each guy that cranges the kiddush club needs to get a better whiskey and all that kind of stuff. And then it's come together with like these fancy meats. It's complete materialism, coarse pleasure for the sake of pleasure. Mm. When you had a kiddush... And the it, proof of that is that you could wait a half hour. Yeah, exactly. You could just wait another half an hour. And a kiddush is different. Again, not out of control. When people get together the kiddush, which means the community has davened. Right. Not an exclusive group, but now the community at whole is coming together. Mm. They're coming together before they go home to wish each other good Shabbos. Um, the rabbi or, or someone from the congregation is going to get up and share a Dvar Torah. He's going to share something on the parsha, something inspirational. Just so that we can connect. By the way, I think the Kiddush is very important, particularly at Binah, because we actually have, and I hope other shuls too, but we are very, very, very strict about not talking in the middle of davening. Right. Now, community is community. People need to talk. Yeah. And they need to socialize, right? So getting a Kiddush, like I think having a Kiddush on Shabbos is a very important thing in, in a shul. We have a Kiddush, even when it's not sponsored, it's not fancy, but it, it, it's right. Yeah. Because it's very important because we, you know, we get together, we say, we say, we shall good Shabbos. We ask each other, how's your week been? We hear a Dvar Torah. So then a little bit of L'chaim on the Shabbos, it's a, it's a time of, you know, we have a little bit of extra pleasure and we wish each other well. The people that, some people don't say, some people do say, the people that say normally it's just one L'chaim or, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful thing and it's, and it's a community bonding thing. Right. Very, very, very different. So a Kiddush club. Does that answer your question? I think it does, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think it could be very destructive. Because it's just- And by the way- And also it's a very bad model, I think, oh, for, for kids. Thank you, elaborate on it. Look, I think kid, I think when it comes to alcohol, the most important thing is kids should see. I mean, when it comes to anything, actually, kids should should see self control. Um, they should also see what's important to you in life. So, like, if you can't wait another half hour, that means that like this is the most important thing to you, more important than anything else that's happening in the next half hour. Like, kids should see that prayer is important to you, that meaning is important to you, and then you know when time arrives, then you. I I I I I think kids kids notice these things. Not for sure. And, 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 it's, and it's like the internet, it's like driving a car, it's like all these things. They need to, they're going to encounter it when they go older, right? So they need to actually see it, but they need to see how it's done responsibly. Yeah, for sure. Just getting back to Purim, by the way, and, and, and you know, saying Lachaim or having a Fabrengen, and you know, the great Tzaddikim, who, especially on Purim, other times actually said, drank alcohol and said Lachaim in the context of a very inspiring um, sharing of Torah wisdom and thing. And when it came Purim, there were those that would say sometimes l'chaim and they would drink extra and they would actually, as a result, they would reveal deepest, deeper things. Mm. Like very, very deep concepts in Torah came. And, and the Talmud has, has a story where, where there was someone that took a lot of alcohol on Purim and, and the commentaries explained that he just he ended up exposing and revealing the, the, the deepest secrets of Torah, right? Because there's this idea, by the way, that wine and why it's one of the prominent beverages and why we have it on Pesach and so on, is that Nichnas Yain Yetzasod that says if, uh, if you, the wine comes in and the secret comes out? Now, and that's not good news for everyone, but but mm. but but for someone who's really you know, trying to live a focused life and, and deep life, sometimes just to you know just to lose inhibitions a bit and to be able to reveal the real secret, which is good things and and focused things and meaningful things, 
if it's done responsibly, it's not such a bad thing. Right. And I think that in general, when people live a meaningful life, when your life is not empty, all of these things that we're talking about, you use them in the context of that meaning. It's there to express that meaning. Correct. You know what's interesting? It's not directly related to this discussion, but it is interesting that every time, just going back to the happiness issue, every time, very often in Judaism, whenever we have a very, very celebratory day, it's always preceded by something, something more uncomfortable to create focus. Right. So like, for example, one of the happiest times of the Jewish calendar is Sukkot Simchat Torah, but you have to have Yom Kippur first mm. to get yourself focused. It's more solemn, more, more, more serious. Purim, the day before Purim this year, a few days before Purim, because it's Sunday, is the fast of Esther, right? Um, all these things, there's always, you know, we always say a, a marriage, a chuppah, right? A chatan get married, they fast on the day they get married. The chuppah itself is quite a serious thing. And then the celebration comes off the back of that, because also it's not about just celebrating and partying. You know, I think I told you once, I had that, um, I had this uh, experience once where your your older brother was, when he was a young boy, he was, he was, Teenager, he was sick once, Pesach, and was taken to hospital. Thank yeah. God everything was okay. And uh, your mother and I had to walk back from from the hospital. They wouldn't let us stay the night. We had to walk back. It was Saturday night, hmm. very late at night, on a street that has a lot of bars. <laughs> and that's when I saw the difference. I mean, it was unbelievable. I passed this bar, people were screaming and fighting, and it was just ugh. Yeah. And then I saw that's you know that's that's a misuse of alcohol. That's the truth. It's just just drinking for the sake of drinking and getting crazy for no with no focus, with no meaning. But if it's done in context of, you know, the Pesach Seder, it's we're supposed to reveal our essence, we're supposed to become more free in a spiritual sense. So there's four cups of wine, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a whole different culture, a whole different idea. Sure. All right, anything else you want to uh, comment on this topic? No, I think, I'm, I'm, I hope people, people will comment. Uh, send us in... Uh, We'd love to hear your reactions. It's a very interesting discussion. I'm sure some people disagree, which is fine. Which is great. Please send an email or... or... Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day, everyone. All the best.